You know how you feel when you're being squeezed by a door and you feel like you're out of breath? You garner all of that energy in order to, to escape, in order to push forward, in order to grow. Welcome back to Unmatched. I have such an amazing guest. Be true to yourself. Be full of life and enthusiastic about life and enjoy it. You and I go way back. Since we were, what, six, seven years old? What are those early experiences that you took and made them work for you, not against? My best growth moments were when I went through the hardest times. Those were the best moments because you grow a thick skin and you need a thick skin in life. Hi everyone, welcome back to Unmatched. I'm so excited today. I have such an amazing guest, very, very special one too. Luca, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. This is, yes, this is incredibly special. One of probably the, uh, one of the most special moments for me. So thank you. Same, same. We'll explain very I, soon why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But first, I want to just kick it off by saying that, um, you know, you, you've gone a long way in your career, and I'm so excited to hear more about that journey. Just before we go into the nitty gritty, just tell me who you are and what you do. Um, so I'm Luca Karp. Uh, my full name is actually Ra Luca, but I do have an American name that's easy to remember. So most of uh, most of the people that I work with know me as Luca. Um, I'm the senior VP of business and legal affairs for Anastasia Beverly Hills. Okay, well, that's the very top line headline, yes. right? But like, there's so much behind that. Because you and I way, go way back. Yep. We've known each other for, what, more than 30 years now? Yes, yes, yes. Since we were, what, six, seven years old? Yes. Yeah. So Luke and I went to the same school in Romania, in Constanza. Uh, we went to, well, basically we've been going together to the same school in the same class for 12 years of our lives, right? Yes, th that's right. Yes. Since first grade, Yes. And so at some point after, after high school, our sort of lives diverged a little bit. I left for Spain, you left for the U.S. And then years later, we kind of like kept in contact here and there. But, you know, years later, we finally reconnected. And it's been so great since then because we were able to kind of piece together each other's journeys. And today we have the amazing opportunity to have a, a real chat about how this journey went. Tell me how it was for you. Why did you leave Constanza and where, where did you go from there? Um, so, you know, we were born during communism. And, you know, when, um, when we grew up, especially the first seven years of our lives, we grew up with a sense of lack and... Um, Uh, an environment that was quite oppressive and limiting. Um, I mean, uh, we grew up with uh, having no proper utilities, um, very limited amount of food. I don't know if you remember, but I used to sit in line for like uh, hours when I would see the food truck come in to make sure that our family got food. So I think that kind of imprinted on me, especially since it, it happened during our early years, it imprinted on me a desire to survive. And I think I kind of set up, set out a goal for myself that I will not um, 
go through what my parents were going through, trying to feed their children um, in that type of uh, environment. So um, right after communism fell and we started getting more kind of knowledge about Western world and we started seeing American movies, um, uh, America to me was the shiny, <laughs> bright, uh, bright little trophy that you can aspire to. As I got a little bit uh, older, I was trying to figure out a, a path. It was very practical, kind of my, my, the way I approached it. Um, I wanted to figure out a path in which I could make enough to survive, like to, pr to provide for my family, to help my parents, and, um, and just have like a roof over my shoulders, just basic needs, basically. Um, and as I was thinking through that, I was like, well, which direction can I go? And I, this was kind of like 12, 13 years old. Well, I thought that if I get into finance, and it, it was kind of something that I liked, if I get into finance, that will give me more kind of like a broader opportunity to to have multiple options for jobs to make, you know, to make a living. And that's kind of when I decided right before high school, actually, I decided that that's probably the path I was going to take because, you know, when you choose a high school, you have to choose your profile. What are you going to do? You're going to do, uh, you know, literature and languages or you're going to do math, uh, uh, physics. And that's basically the, the uh, more on the sciences I went. And then around the same time, it's, it's kind of like I, I thought like, well, yeah, but Romania is still pretty. It was just getting out of the communism. You know how the mentality was. Uh, I didn't think I would get far ahead in like a corporate world. Um, so I started dreaming for US. I mean, yeah, I thought that once you get to, to America, if you work hard enough, uh, you can afford all of those things and be able to help your parents, you know, make enough money, maybe even more to help help my family back in Romania. My aunt, who's also the founder and CEO of Anastasia Beverly Hills, she yeah, had I mean, a... don't be so casual about it. Maybe let's, yes. let's, let's take a break and just say who your aunt is because she's not just like the founder of like, she's no. the Anastasia. <laughs> oh, absolutely is. And I, I was going to get there too. Uh, uh, so she had left, you know, for the US and was starting to, to make a name for herself. And of course, that was incredibly inspirational uh, to me because she she arrived in the U.S. speaking no English, and you know, uh, in a very short period of time, she became very well known in the beauty industry. So um, I started dreaming, just like she did, uh, that uh, I can do uh, I can do better, and I think. My personality, I have a pretty independent personality. I like to be responsible, you know, make my own decisions and kind of carve my way, my way through life. Um, so I, I was pretty determined to leave. Um, and about uh, right after we finished uh, uh, high school, I started pursuing it more because at that point, before that, my parents would have never let me, let me leave. And afterwards, I was, uh, you know, legally allowed to. And I made a statement. I didn't even ask for permission. I just said, I'm going. <laughs> and then uh, when my, my dad, I think, got a little bit scared, um, scared to, you know, let me go, let me leave and go to a, a country that, you know, was on a, another side of the planet, pretty much. He met with Anastasia and mentioned to her, that uh, I would like to, um, I would like to leave for America, and if she has any advice. And I guess you know she was maybe imp impressed with my determination, 
uh, because uh, out of our very large family, I was the only one that had that initiative to to make a move that big at that age. Um, so that was in 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 college, and um, yeah. So she said, like, I I have my my business just started. Um, I need people I can trust, and I would I would love to you know to have her. It wasn't easy to get a visa. I managed. I was very <laughs> persistent. I was very I persistent. It became an obsession to me. Like I could not, see, I wasn't seeing anything else. I, I was obsessed. Um, and uh, that's what passion would do to you, I guess, make you obsessed. <laughs> so, well, I uh, mean, w- one thing that I want to kind of like say is that, I mean, because I've known you for so many years yes. and we've, we've studied together for, you know, 12 years. And since we were little, we've, we've known each other. The one thing that I've always loved about you is your sense of adventure between the two of us. You are the more adventure one. And I was more of a nerdy, you know, kind of like a person. And I was more like in my bubble, I I guess I was like more of an introvert, but you were always the bubbly one. You were always the more adventurous one. So it's it's really no surprise to me that you wanted to make this adventure happen for you and kind of like go discover the world. But the question that I have for you is, what are those early experiences you experiences that you kind of like um, took and made them sort of work for you, not against you? You know, because everyone that is coming from this kind of background as we do and. Yes, we've we've grown up in in a sort of a tougher environment that maybe a lot of people in the West, right? So there's a lot of experiences that we have that other people don't have over here where we live. Um, I always see them as um, advantages rather than limitations because I think that's what made us more resilient and ambitious and kind of wanting to carve out our future on our own. Um, what did you take from those early years that sort of like helped you along the way in your career later on? The So primarily was the limitation. You know how you feel when you're being squeezed by a door? Well, when you're being squeezed by, by a door and you feel like you're, you're out of breath, basically, that's, that's kind of how it felt to me. You garner all of that energy, you know, in order to, to escape, in order to push forward, in order to grow. So um, I think prim- primarily it was it, it, it was that I mean that sense of lack. Um, I think also um, I'm actually quite sensitive and em- kind of emotional and sensorial, so I could pick up on my parents' struggle, and I wanted to be the one to to help them out. Uh, so to me, the the fact that we grew up that way is what pushed me forward and what made me ambitious to kind of get out of, uh, of not to get out because I still like difficult situations quite a lot because those are the ones that polish you into the diamond that you need to be. So you need to be under a lot of pressure <laughs> to, yeah. to do well in life. <laughs> Um, so it well, was someone, some people would argue, you know, nowadays they're saying that you don't need to be that pressured. You don't need like, I'm curious about your opinion. Cause like you and I actually have the same background and the same opinion on the fact that actually a little bit of healthy pressure actually helps. But nowadays it seems like, no, we need to be all like relaxed and 
you know, don't feel pressured and just do the best that we can and maybe get a prize for being second or third or, you know, like this type of yeah. things. What's your opinion? Yeah, I don't subscribe to that. I'm a, a bit Spartan, I think, maybe because of our Balkan background. And I think it's been ex extremely useful to me and I've seen it, you know, firsthand through my own experience that my best growth moments were, were when I went through the hardest times when it was so it, it was tough and painful emotionally or physically or i was you know extremely tired a lot of responsibility too much pressure those were the best moments because you grow a thick skin and you need a thick skin in life it doesn't matter what you do or where you go um you need a thick skin absolutely and that's the only way to build it i do not yeah i mean I, uh, I'm a full believer in putting yourself in, in difficult, challenging situations and have the mindset that even though it's hard today, you will be so much better once you get on the other side and it will prove itself right. Yeah. And I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I always, you know, when I speak to younger people and they ask me, you know, like, what should I do in my career? My answer is always don't take the easy route at the beginning, you know, make no. it hard for yourself the first few years so that you are in a better place, you know, longer term, because you don't want to be 40, 50, 60 and be yeah. like, oh, I need to start again. And this is going to be tough and all that. You you want to make things uncomfortable at the beginning yes. so that, you know, later enough in life, you're a bit more comfortable. I love so, that you said that because recently I had a conversation with my son and I said the first 20 years, like after you finish college, all you should do is focus on your career and building your life and have a vision for your life and what you want to achieve personally and in your career. And then you will enjoy the, the fruits of that in your 40s and 50s. And it's going to be so much better because you will have some life experience by then. You will understand things a little, a little bit better. You will just be more joyful and truly cherish those things instead of being desperate, trying to figure out what you do with your life when you have a midlife crisis. What are you going to do? Did he believe you? He did, actually. He did. <laughs> he did maybe okay. to... Uh, yeah. Yes. A bit too extreme. <laughs> he said he he doesn't. He's not interested in uh, having relationships because he only wants to focus on his life. So, <laughs> well, I mean, he's a bit young. Let's he's see. Young, Let's he's young. <laughs> but at least okay, he listened. So yeah. yeah, it's good. That's really good. I mean, I, I'm I'm not surprised, you know, he, you're, he's been raised by you. So, you know, yeah. he he has a good base in his life. So um, let's go back a little bit to, to that journey. So you, you know, the Anastasia, so the brow queen is your aunt, which is like mind blowing, because I found out about that, like much later in life, I was a fan of her, hers already. I knew she was from our hometown. I was like, idolizing her and then all of a sudden I was like putting the pieces together I'm like oh my gosh like she's the aunt of like my friend and it I was mind blown and I know I knew that you were you know you were there and kind of like learning with her and she must have been such a such a an amazing teacher for you in you know like everything that she was building up you know the the business that she was building up the um her work ethics and how she was dealing with, you know, the pressures of building a life, you know, building a business, having a young daughter as well to raise, you know, helping other family members in her life and like, and all that in the glitzy world of, of Hollywood, which is even like another layer of tough. So what were those like early learnings um, that you got from that experience, you know, learning from her directly? 
I mean, it is the most incredible privilege that anyone could get. And I am incredibly lucky, and I know how lucky I am, to be able to have been next to her. Not only to have been next to her, but she has been a, a, a mentor to me. So it's because of, of that, because of working for Anastasia and with Anastasia, and you know, she's, she's so open, she, and she's so generous with her time, and being next to her is what uh, basically kind of kept me in this very driven type of mentality, because you do need someone like that. Uh, I do believe in that. I think that everyone should find someone they aspire to. And if, if you're lucky enough and you have them next to you, take every single second of your life that you're next to those people to pay attention to everything they do. Everything they do, the way they move, the way they talk, the way they handle situations. I mean, I've been through, uh, you know, the back end of a business is quite challenging. It's very hard to, to raise to the level that she did. And it's because I've had her as such a strong pillar is what kind of kept me going too and keeping me uh, positive and keeping me moving forward kind of with a straight back. Yeah, so it's been the best, most incredible uh, gift that I've, I've received aside from my children was this, was her basically. What would you say is the biggest learning that you got from from working with her because oh, I can tell you, yes. I can tell you from my perspective, like from the outside. Um, I remember an interview that she did some time ago with, um, I guess somewhere in the Romanian press. I don't remember exactly. And she um, talked about customer relations, you know, and she said, you know, like how you need to handle yourself when you're dealing with celebrities of, of that caliber. I mean, she, she works with Kim K and Naomi Campbell and Cindy Crowdford. And she was talking about, you know, first of all, how she needs to look perfect because she's in front of the c customer all the time and she needs to give a good impression, but also the level of discretion and the level of, um, you know, customer experience that these people need to have is very, very high. And that, Honestly, throughout my career, since I've started to follow her, I've been thinking about that all the time. You need to build those relationships and you need to kind of make sure that that, you know, relationship with your consumer is super tight. What was the biggest learning that you got from like working with her firsthand um, and so cl close? Um, so at least um, as far as my personal kind of um I mean, there's so many, but I think there was one that kind of switched the way I was thinking. It's more kind of more internal, at least not like, not about the customers or anything like that. But it was when she said that you need to learn to delegate. Um, that to me was one of the best advice that I, uh, advices that I received from her because I was overwhelmed. I was handling a lot of things. And she said, if you don't learn how to delegate, you will never grow. So then I said, and I'm a pretty type A, I don't like to make mistakes. And I said, well, if yes, but if my, you know, someone makes a mistake, I have to come and, and kind of explain it to you. And she said, so what? Everybody makes mistakes. Just make sure they don't do it twice. Um, so that, that was a, a, an important lesson, at least in my career and my growth kind of, you know, path. But as far as like her, you know, ex externally, the way she approaches everything is she's um it's her exuberance i think and her enthusiasm and how welcoming 
you know, welcoming she is to everybody she meets. And that is, I guess it ties into, you know, your observation of how she treats the, the customer. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really amazing what she she achieved in her career and honestly in her own lifetime, which is you know, quite impressive because there's people that build businesses over a long period of time and she made it, you know, like in such a short, really in such a short time. So now coming back to your career and your experience, you know, you are the senior VP of legal and business affairs now at the one of the biggest beauty companies, one of the most visible beauty companies out there. I mean, working in legal must be quite challenging, right? Because you need to work with, you know, a lot of different lawyers. And, you know, it, it's kind of like a set of rules that you need to just follow. There's not a lot of flexibility left or right on like how you need to execute certain things. Um, how, how do you, how do you, deal with that, you know, based on the, you know, the business needs as well. Business needs are quite um, flexible in the end, you know, like you need to pivot here and there, but then like the whole legal aspect is not that flexible. How do you manage those two extremes? And that is when is having, you know, very good communication is really important because I come, you know, from the business side of things and I work with outside counsel, with lawyers, and then they come with their like legal perspective. So um, we kind of discuss through and we ask a lot of questions and we educate each other. And that is really, really important to educate each other on the topic really well. And uh, then you kind of have like a cohesive, you know, uh, overview of what the topic is and what the situation is and how to approach it. But that's primarily it's just discussing and bringing everyone in and asking a lot of questions. What's the human aspect, you know, behind your role and and sort of like the aspect of managing people? You talked uh, a little bit about, you know, the need of learning how to delegate in the past and kind of the learning that you you got also from uh, from Anastasia. Um, how how does it work at this level? You know, in terms of managing. Um, so many people, you know, having to be uh, respectful of the needs of the business, of the needs of the owners, you know, and, and all the different business leaders in there. What What's that juggling act for you looking like today? Um, so I, for me, it's quite easy today because I've been doing it for so many years. But I think it's really important and it has been really useful and important to me to build report to build a report with uh, employees and our leaders in in the company uh, with who I interact most. And then to obviously, I understand, you know, the mindset of and the goals of of the company. And then uh, also build report with your lawyers who are going to help you. That to me is is very important. Also being available. I make myself available by phone every time of the day or night. So they know, you know, they can reach me and we tackle situations right away. I'm curious specifically about one thing, because I don't know if you would agree, but I would say back in Romania, back with where we grew up, I don't feel like we've learned, you know, the skill of negotiation very well in those times. And I feel, I think in my own experience, I've had to almost like learn from scratch those basic skills of 
working with other people, you know, working in bigger teams, negotiating, giving a little, taking a little. Um, and I can only imagine that, you know, your experience, you know, kind of arriving all of a sudden from Eastern Europe in U.S., placed in this kind of like growing company, having to learn to deal with different stakeholders, you know, different levels, um, even being in, in front of celebrities must have been quite overwhelming at the beginning. How, how did you tackle that? How did you overcome that sort of initial maybe impact of kind of this, this perspective from an outsider? You know, I've had to also deal with that a lot. You know, you're, you're coming from somewhere else. You're in a new culture. You need to learn all the skills. How, how was it for you? Um, so it was, it was very intimidating at the beginning, very intimidating. And I was, uh, at least at the beginning, I was quiet a lot and I was trying to pay attention to everything that was around me. I was, uh, uh, very observant and I would identify, you know, people that I, uh, admired or I liked the way they, they would respond to the situation. And I would try to mirror that, like mirror that behavior. So then, um, uh, later on, I would put myself in those situations and I would be very nervous, of course. Um, I still am in certain situations, uh, very nervous. I think it's a very normal, very normal kind of reaction to have. I'd be concerned if I wasn't. But um, I think the more you do something, the easier it gets. And then I think it's also an age thing, not only experience, but I do believe there's certain points in our lives where something switches in our minds. So then uh, we just become more confident and you kind of learn to see, you know, you see something works and then you start doing it more. And I think, uh, I became a little bit less afraid to ask and I would see, I would see others, you know, it's, it's just, just ask for the, the worst thing it could happen. You're going to get a no. And I think the other thing that I've learned, which was at least important to me is if I had to negotiate, um, and I, I, in, as far as like my team or within the corporate, I don't think I do a lot of that. It just it happens really, uh, really easily. But at least with like the other side, so to speak, you have to have a plan B if that doesn't work. You have to have an, a backup. Like, what's your backup vendor? What's your backup customer? You have to not be afraid to walk out of a deal. You know. So, and then the other thing, I think I approached negotiation from a very fair kind of perspective. So even if it is with, uh, let's say, you know, this internal discussions or external discussions, it, it has to be fair. And I think in negotiation, you know, everyone has to win something and, it, uh, both everybody has to compromise on something. So, so that's kind of how, how I, uh, I look at things. Do, do you feel there's a big um, difference between where we come from, our culture, and this world of win-win situations? Um, there is a huge difference from where we come in, in uh, America, um, and at least how we grew up. I, I'm not sure how things are now. But where we grew up, it was people were quite jaded, I think, and it, it had more of a, like, a negative, oppressive type of mentality and not supportive. Uh, I don't think people believed believed in you as much. Whereas in, in America, people are so helpful and they want to succeed. They want you to succeed. To me, that was, uh, I, I was in shock. 
like you just met me you you are really excited to see me do well and that was a shock and i think um and i think this is how uh, and what i've noticed at least this is how we we approach it too and the other side approaches it the same way like we want to make sure we're successful together and that is um, you know most i mean every company i think that we've you know we've worked with that's kind of like the mentality we want to be successful together so what can we do to make that happen and i'm not sure if you know i don't think that that was kind of like the case where we grew up it was more like i hope you don't do that well so i can look better <laughs> you know what i mean whereas in the us probably I think, it still is like that maybe maybe <laughs> but i think in the us it, I've never seen like so much in uh, excitement for for you to do well, and just in my experience, even my personal experience, people are truly excited, and they mean it, and they're very helpful. Even like even when you negotiate, let's say with someone, if you come to the table and you they understand that you're coming with a fair perspective, you're not there to take advantage of anybody, and you want everybody to be successful because that is what a good relationship and collaboration will should be like. And they they will sense that right away, and they will want to do well too, and you know compromise and so on. Why do you think that's important? Because I mean, I want to dwell a little bit on this topic because I don't think it's so common everywhere, um, and it does seem to be a mentality that is very very uh, real and very normal in the U.S. I don't feel that in Europe is necessarily the same everywhere. Um, and it's not that someone else wants you to not do well, but it's also not this win-win mentality as in, I really need, I really want to support you to succeed. And if you succeed, then I'll succeed, you know, like even in the corporate environment, you know, I feel like it's linked a little bit to your leadership skills. If you're a good leader or not, then you will want your team to succeed. If you're not a great leader, you'll want to be the one shining and everyone else kind of needs to do the dirty work for you. But we we learn now with, you know, like all this kind of like, uh, you know, new uh, thought leaders and people that are speaking about leadership that actually what helps a team succeed is when everyone is rowing in the same direction and when a leader sets the direction, but everyone gets to reap the fruits of their hard work. Um, how, how do you see that in your own teams? Well, the most important thing for me is, and that's why I, uh, I like to build a report with people and I do take it personal in the sense that I genuinely interested in getting to know you and I will show you who I am and my vulnerabilities. And I want to build that report kind of with you so we can trust each other. Um, and I think that they understand that I want them to do well. I want them to succeed. I genuinely want that. And I think they want that too. Uh, so it, the moment you kind of are not afraid to show your weaknesses too, and that you're in this together and we want to, you know, we want to grow together and we are here to help each other out. Um, I think, I mean, that has been incredibly kind of a, a good attitude that uh, worked really well uh, from my experience. How, what, how do you see the interaction between the business legal side and the more creative side of, you know, the business that I'm sure you interact with as well? Um, and there's always this tension, right, in like between the business. There's always like 
the finances, <laughs> legal, and then there's creative or marketing, and there's this tension always happening. How do you perceive that interaction in between the functions, and how do you guys yeah. solve it in so your company? When I, uh, when we, uh, when I'm brought into a let's say a a new deal or a creative project that's being uh, launched, and there's we have to handle the legal aspects, contracts, and so on. I'm there to support. I'm not there to make decisions, you know, rule their, run their business, tell them what to do or not to do. I'm there to support what they want to achieve with as low a risk as possible. And that is how I approach it. And I think they understand that I'm not, a, uh, I'm not here to tell them to stop anything. I want to really understand what they want to do and how I can make it happen basically, how I can make it happen, you know, safely. So I think they understand that I'm there to help them. I'm there to help their work, make sure that, you know, they don't get in trouble or they don't do something stupid or so on. So they know I'm there to watch their back, right? So that's kind of like the, the support that I bring. Like, I'm here to watch your back. I'm not here to make it difficult. And uh, and I think that if you uh, if there there are situations where you can just say no, we can do that. If you provide explanation of why, uh, most most people, especially you know leaders and reasonable people, will, would understand and you know try to come up with a different way. They're creative people; they'll come up with a way. Just uh, yeah, just support them. I love how you framed it because I mean sometimes we forget that we are in the same boat, right? Like yeah. we are in this together. We're we're here to achieve the same company goals. We're not like, you know, fighting each other or working against each other. So it's really important to build that collaboration in between all the different Well, functions. you have to have faith. I don't do creative. They are in those positions because they know what they're, they're doing. So I have to have faith that what they're trying to do is going to grow the company. So I'm, I'm coming from, you know, a supportive type of role. And I think, and then on the back end, they understand that I'm here to make sure that it goes well. That's, uh, that's how I approach it. What would you, what advice would you give, you know, younger leaders or, you know, aspiring leaders that are starting their career now and kind of trying to get to the next level? What, what is that one skill in your experience that kind of like brought you to where you are today? I have, uh, I have uh, one, uh, one piece of advice. I don't necessarily like to give advice because everybody has their own journey, but find mentors, at least one. Find a mentor. I think it is so underplayed. Um, and I was lucky that I, not only I had Anastasia, who's everyone would want to have as a mentor, but I had others too in my career and in, in my like legal career. Uh, and I was incredibly lucky to have that. And, uh, I would recommend them find a, you know, wherever you're working, find someone that you find inspirational and you look up to and, and, and see if they can spend, you know, more time with you and become your mentor. Find if you're a, an up and coming lawyer, find a seasoned lawyer that has been through a lot. And you would be surprised how exciting it is for a mentor to want to find a mentee and a student and someone that's actually willing to learn and is very receptive. Um, so that would be my, my advice at every, every level. Doesn't matter how young or old you are, just 
yeah, find a mentor. That's a very good one. I I totally agree, and I've had also many mentors uh, along the way. But I also think that you know, like at this point of my own journey, I also love giving back, you know, um, and and sort of like paying it forward because what you've learned from others, you can give back to to the people that come behind you, you know, and opening doors for others is really important. And this is where I see completely your point, because, you know, you need to learn from people that are actually doing what you're aspiring to do. Um, and as you said earlier, you know, mirroring what other people are doing is so incredibly useful uh, because it's really by by doing that you learn how to do certain things. Yeah, so um, I want to kind of uh, circle back to, to the beginning and circle it back to you because when we were in, uh, and what an influence you were on me and uh, growing up. And you know how you were talking, you saw me more adventurous and I saw you very conscientious. So <laughs> very serious Always the hard about- work. <laughs> Very serious about what you were doing and you were doing so well. You're the best, best in class, had the best grades. And I looked up to you. You are an inspiration to me. Every, like through all of those years, you have no idea. And I, I've never said this. I don't think I've said this to you, but I'm going to say it now. <laughs> I was so grateful and I'm I still am today. Look at us. We're, we're talking. <laughs> I was so grateful to have you as, uh, as someone to, to, uh, catch up with. This is who you were. And I love that. I love to have someone that's ahead of me that I can catch up to. And I noticed, you know, and this was what was amazing about you too, because I would notice how your hard work and your conscientiousness and determination and ambition and everything, you earn your respect. You earn the respect of the classmates, the teachers, the teachers relied on you. And I love that. Like to me, I was paying attention, even though I was still, I was still adventurous. <laughs> I actually way more fun. <laughs> I, I, that time, I can tell you. <laughs> I did. I did. But uh, I didn't let things go unnoticed. So, uh, that is, you know, you were, uh, uh, very important in my journey as well and still are clearly so i want to say thank you oh thank you so much that is another level of of emotional so i need to quickly go through this um not let it get to me um i i wanted to um touch on on one other aspect that we have in common uh we're both moms of two boys uh, on top of it, you know, you have this super high role in this big company. You're a single mom of two boys. And I cannot imagine how it is to juggle everything at the same time. So how do how do you do it? What what are the levers that you're kind of pushing all the time in order to keep everything in balance and not, you know, like not not lose anything in the in the process? Um, so, um, I have this saying, if you want to get something done, you give it to the busiest person. And, um, this has helped me professionally. I've also <laughs> been the busiest person <laughs> as well. So, uh, I think the busier I am, the more efficient I get. That's kind of number one. Number two is, um, I, whether I'm, you're a single parent or you're in a partnership, the responsibility of, of children is, is pretty much the same if you're an involved parent. And I've always been that. I would say that I don't, do, do not believe that we can actually achieve balance on a day to day basis. I think we can achieve balance kind of like longer term 
in longer term, if you think through, you probably end up having a pretty, pretty even, uh, even time spent, you know, work and, and children and so on. But the way I, I look at balance is, uh, an internal balance. And this is what my children give to me because whenever I am in a, a very stressful situation, um, or just kind of overwhelmed with things. Like the the one thing that I think about and will always bring it home to me is that if my kids are healthy and you know their parents are healthy, that's what matters the most. So all of a sudden, nothing else is as important as that. Um, but I do do a little bit of planning, and uh, actually uh, ahead of every week on uh, like a, a, a Sunday, let's say I start thinking through my work week, what I have, what tasks I have to do and what I should kind of be expecting. Uh, I don't keep a calendar or anything like that because I, I need to be flexible. Uh, but there's an outline, there's a sketch in my mind of what activities need to do, what, you know, what I need to, what play dates I need to have for the kids, what uh, performances I need to take them to and so on. Um, and then I think through, are there times when I need to get some help? And then getting that kind of like roughly organized, it's, it's pretty useful to me. And, um, my house is a mess during the week and it's okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I've learned to accept that. <laughs> has there, has there been any, any moment where you felt, okay, like I cannot do this? Yes. Many moments are like that. <laughs> I don't know the frequency, but if not every week, every other week. I get because I'm a pretty neat and I like things to be in, in their place. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. that's kind of the time Rings when it just yeah <laughs> stresses me out. Uh, but I just, that's such a brief like second, you know, it almost makes me laugh too. So I kind of snap out of it really quick. <laughs> um, I have to be honest, there were times where um, I've, I've, I've been so overwhelmed in between the role of being a mom and the responsibility that comes with it. As you said, if you really want to be an involved parent, it's, it's, it's another level, I think, but also, you know, being a career woman and wanting to do the best at my job and delivering on the goals of the team, you know, or my manager at the time, or, you know, kind of the expectations that come with, uh, playing and working in a in a big corporate, so I wonder if you if you ever experienced that because there were times where the fact that I was a mom felt to me that let's just say that it pushed me backwards a little bit. You know, I felt that I didn't have the same tailwind as as maybe other people that didn't have that responsibility, whether it was women or men. I don't care. Um, did you ever feel that as well, and how did you deal with that? I, I did. Absolutely. Because especially at the beginning when you get no sleep, I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you get three hours of sleep and then you have to show up at work being very professional, look like you had a yep. <laughs> look, <laughs> look well enough <laughs> to go through the day and, uh, and keep it all together and keep your cool. Uh, mm -hmm. so, uh, yes, especially the first, I want to say, you know, three years probably, uh, of their lives is, and it, cause you are tired and it, and I think what you're trying to say, because that's kind of what I what I went through too. I like to do a lot of things too. Uh, aside just you know even be really good at work and and uh, and with my kids, I also I'm a, I'm an achiever, so I like to accomplish things. 
So that's where, when I felt like it was setting me back for a bit, but I realized then um, that it was a mindset and that's kind of what kept me going. That it, It's just a mindset that actually, if I change the way I think, I will have time to do it all. It's just not going to be all as much. If let's say I, I want to, you know, read a book, well, I'm not going to read it as fast. <laughs> I'm going to take a little bit of time. But so I pushed myself to do little bit of everything, not as much as I would have loved to, but even that little bit kind of made me keep going. Um, and, and then I gave myself, uh, patience and time and to realize that this is just a, a, a drop of time, my entire life. And it's a beautiful thing that I'm going through. So I did, I will, I did kind of step back for a bit. And I took my time while my kids, you know, were were little and young. Um, and then as they get older, then you go back into your your beast mode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, t- to me, I'll be honest, that was the hardest part of it because I'm also, <laughs> you know, a person that likes to be busy <laughs> and do things and achieve these things and it's accomplish things. Mm-hmm. It was not easy, I will say that. And it's only now that I'm kind of like stepping back into my regular game. And I and I keep thinking like, what's wrong with me? Like, you still have be... young children. Though, yeah, right? I still have young yeah. children, so I'm still in that phase. But I I feel like for for working women, that is honestly the most challenging part of it because you're always in between the two most important things for you. You know, I mean, obviously your family and your kids are very very important. And especially when they're small, you want to give them all the attention, but then you're feeling that everything that you've worked for your entire life and your entire career is, you know, is, is kind of like not going to wait for you. And, and my learning out of all of it is that it's all going to be there. Yes. <laughs> you know? And I completely agree with that. It's all going to be there. And yeah. it's, it, it, it's just a mindset and, uh, yeah, we need to get out of our parents, I guess, attitude. And to me, you know, I'm 41, just turned 41 and life just just starts. So it's fine. I feel the same. I feel like this is where my life is starting now, you know, yes. like, but I think this is if I would want to say anything to younger people that are just kind of like starting their career is not to look at it as a sprint. Like, I think I looked at it as a sprint all the time. You know, it's like, okay, like this is now fast and this is now fast and this I want to get fast. And it's more like, it's it's really more like a marathon, you know, you need to look at it as a long-term thing. It's a long game that you're playing. It's not, it's, it's the forever game, you know, that you're playing with your life and your career. What you're building is for the long term. It's not for tomorrow. So instead of looking at it as a instant gratification of, you know, like, I need to have this and I want to need, I want to have it fast. It's more like, okay, what do I need to do today that will push me forward in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now? And I wish someone would have sat me down 20 years ago when I started my career and have told me that because I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more and not be so, you know, adamant about like achieving the highest score in every single thing. Um, you know, your career is also there to enjoy and your life is there, of course, to enjoy. It's it's not so much about success by the sort of the terms of the of the society, but more of what success means to you. So that leads me to the next question. 
What does success look for you today versus what oh. it was maybe like 20 years ago? Yeah, and I, well, I'm glad you asked it this way today uh, because 25 years ago, you know, success would have been quite different. Um, I think 25 years ago, success for me was being independent, responsible, find a job that kind of offers you a career path and, you know, own a house, own a car, make enough, you know, enough money to help your family and, and create your own family. And those are beautiful kind of goals to, to get. Um, and success to me today is to have courage, have courage to, uh, change, have courage to, uh, Put yourself in difficult situations, have courage to go head on towards challenges. Um, I uh, would say that uh, accomplishing something um, every day, if you can, as small, doesn't matter how small or big it is, just get something accomplished. That is a kind of a, a little step of success. Be true to yourself. Be uh, authentic, not be so worried about other people think. Uh, be full of life and enthusiastic about life and enjoy it and to truly enjoy it. That is, uh, that is success today for sure. Last, but definitely not least is to help someone or try to make a difference in someone's life. Um, that has been very kind of soul fulfilling and that, that is success. And I think it kind of changes, right? Like when we're young, we strive to, uh, for other things. And then as you get older, it shifts a bit. And they're both, I think, good. It's just a time. There's a time for everything. I cannot uh, thank you enough for this time, Luca. I mean, it's been such a pleasure and such an unexpected pleasure to have you on on the podcast. Very emotional at times. I will admit I've been a bit more nervous than usual um, because... You don't show it, no, no. so you're a pro. Well, <laughs> But I was because, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's such a personal, uh, connection what we have. And I'm so glad that we rec reconnected after all these years and that we get to spend some more time together and chat about all these meaningful things off and online <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, thank you for taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much. I will say it again, how, uh, how special this is for me. And this is what I mean when, if, if we're going to talk about legacy, this is, I guess, what I mean is to have a connection like this that spans for so many decades since we were little and we somehow, you know, life kind of keeps you together. And then even though you go your separate ways and we probably left at the same time, the, the country, probably if we look at the dates, I'm yes, sure I kind of had a similar journey. <laughs> and then, you know, you kind of come back together, even though it's still, you know, on the, the other side of the planet almost. Uh, and to me, this is so beautiful, this type of, of connection. And this is really beautiful to have and to create, whether it's personal, your own networking, your own business relationships. Um, I, I think it's really beautiful to create. So I just want to say thank you. To it's you. beautiful that we have that. I'm so, so happy to have you back in my life after, after so many, so many years and to be connected again. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. And I loved having this conversation with you. I hope we, we do it again soon. Absolutely. I loved it too. And uh, let's stay curious. Thank <laughs> you.